0: what's up buffalonians it's your boy nick english if you want the facts the stats and all the sports info in the 716 you have come to the right place this is english encore buffalo's favorite sports channel i'm your host nick english greatly appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode hope everyone is staying safe and healthy out there Today I'm be going over the Bills' big 44-34 win over the Seattle Seahawks. Then I'll be going into a look at UB football as they started the season 1-0, and I'll be talking a little bit about their game tomorrow night versus Miami of Ohio. A quick note on Mac basketball as they made an announcement about their season a few days ago. And then I'll be going through the opening day projected lineup from my perspective for the Buffalo Sabres based on who have, they have everyone signed um right now including uh forward pairings D pairings and both number 1 and 2 power plays as well as goaltending but starting off with the Bills Bills Mafia stand up jump around be happy the Buffalo Bills are 7 and 2 for the first time in a long time uh, since 1993, the last time it started off 7-2, and two with a big win over Seattle, as I mentioned before, 44-34. to 34. Josh Allen, first and foremost, we didn't find out till after the game, but prayers out to him um, and his family. He lost his grandmother, actually, the day before yesterday's game, so Saturday night. Um, really emotional day for him, but he came out and balled for the Bills. 31 of 38, only 7 incompletions the entire game, including a few drops. Uh, so even better, actually, than the stats would show. Over 400 yards again, 415 to be exact. 3 touchdowns, no interceptions. Also added another 14 rushing yards on the ground and 1 rushing touchdown. Um, the chemistry with Stefan Diggs continues to develop, and Brandon Bean looks like a genius for making this trade. Diggs finished with another hundred yard game on nine receptions for 118 yards after yesterday's games and all the results and there's not even be any implications with tonight's game whatsoever Stefan Diggs is number one in the NFL now in both receptions and receiving yards something the bills haven't had in a long long time dating back to Andre Reed Eric molds James Lofton those type of players. Um, gave Davis, a really nice game for him. I thought it was really nice uh, to see him have a little bit of a bounce-back performance. He had four receptions for 70 yards, one touchdown. Actually should have had a second touchdown if the Bills would have challenged um, a play where he was marked out at about the three-yard line, I believe. He had a key drop in last week's game for the Patriots that really gave New England an opportunity to stay in that game, potentially win before Zimmer punched out the ball and the Bills were... Lucky enough to sneak away with a win. It's a really nice bounce back game for a rookie. Um, defensively, I want to give a ton of credit to Leslie Frazier. Jordan Poyer is having an all pro season. You know, yesterday, 10 tackles, one pass deflection, one interception, and one QB hit. He was flying around the field the entire game. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds had a very nice game as well, despite Matt Milano not playing the AJ Klein game. You know, AJ Klein um, has been being criticized by myself and a lot of other Bills uh, fans and media members for his performance this season. Uh, he made a lot of people shut up yesterday. Five tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, four QB hits, and he had a forced fumble and a fumble recovery when he strip-sacked Russell Wilson. Um, so really, really solid game for him, something the Bills definitely needed. Um, hopefully that's something that's going to be continuous. Um, Tredavious White was struggling a little bit early in the game, but as the game progressed, he got stronger and stronger on DK Metcalf. He also had a fumble recovery and made an absolutely brilliant interception. Red Russell Wilson's eyes and just went up, made a nice interception, ran it all the way back to about the four-yard line where the Bills punched it in. Defense as a whole at 11 QB hits and five sacks on Russell Wilson. Um, so he was under pressure all day. The MVP, in my opinion, up until this point in the season, Wilson, yesterday. 28 of 41 for 390 yards, two touchdowns, but also had two fumbles lost and two interceptions. Um, huge credit to just the entire coaching staff for the Buffalo Bills. I thought Sean McDermott did an excellent job in managing the game. Leslie Frazier's defense played very well um, considering their previous performances over the past four or five weeks. Brian Dable, I thought, called an excellent game for the offense. They threw the ball left and right, down the middle, had some deep routes thrown in there, um, screens dialed up at the perfect times. Really nice job by him. They weren't afraid to just throw the ball again because they knew Seattle wasn't going to be able to stop it. And then Keith Farewell, their special teams coach, um, great starts to the game for the Bills. You couldn't ask for a better start. Andre Roberts, 60-yard kickoff return. Uh, you know, just all fast to the game. A very complimentary win. Um, in all fast, sets for the Bills yesterday. Just a great all-around game plan to go up against one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, just a breath of fresh air for a lot of Bills fans after. They had kind of been struggling to get a few wins, you know, against the Jets. The offense was moving the ball very easily, but wasn't able to get in the red zone. The defense was playing a lot better. Then you went against the Patriots. Defense stepped up, made a few key stops. And then the offense was able to convert a few times and really get the ground game going. Today was a great all-around game through and through. Um, There wasn't too many bad things I took away from this game as a whole. I think injuries is definitely a concern. Um, It was good to see Cody Ford did come back onto the sideline after he originally got injured. Brian Winters got banged up, but was able to go back into the game. Same thing with Williams. He was uh, pretty limited the rest of the game. Mitch Morris obviously missed the game with concussion. Matt Milano was placed on uh, three-game IR, so he will not be eligible to return. Um, until after the Chargers game following the bye week so that's something to keep an eye on um, definitely a very interesting situation it did seem like Milano has been healthy since he came back a lot of the limited snaps uh, during games so I was a little curious why they just didn't put him on IR again sooner or they just continued to rest him and make him inactive and let him heal Josh Norman still a question mark we don't really know what's going on with him Travis White at the end of the game kind of got his ankle and leg rolled up very scary sight for Bills fans but he did stay on the sideline walked away from trainers after so seems like he'll be good to go this week when they travel and play a 430 game against the Arizona Cardinals who are coming off a loss to our own division rival the Miami Dolphins who since Tua's play, they've looked pretty decent. Their defense has been great all year. They're on a four-game win streak of their own, so they're kind of nipping at the heel of the Bills for the division, but the Bills do still have a two-game lead over them and a game in hand, as well as being 4-0 and o in the division. Uh, defensively, even though they were very good yesterday, they had a few letdowns as far as right after the Bills scored. Um, there was one point I thought the Bills really had put it away, and there's just a complete lack of awareness on the defense, and Russell Wilson threw, I believe, about a 50-yard pass to more wide open. Not even a Bills player. Then probably 10-15 yards of him, um, which is just inexcusable. And then they kind of played that little bit of prevent towards the end. The big thing with the Bills that I did like through midway through, you know, the second quarter, all the way through, pretty much the end of the fourth. Uh, there wasn't too much prevent defense that I saw. Leslie Frazier was getting at Russell Wilson. He didn't take his foot off the gas, and I think that's a great sign for the Bills just because I feel like in previous wins and just games in general we have leads or we're right there and we feel like we can just stomp on their throats and take a team out, uh, we kind of let our foot off the gas today. There was none of that. And then the only question mark, it's not really a bad thing because obviously the Bills had a ton of success throwing the ball. It's going to be, can the Bills run the ball when needed in the future? I know they had a great game against doing last week running the ball. Um, They didn't really have to run it yesterday when they did. it, It wasn't super effective. They had a couple nice carries, but late in the season when you need to get those third and shorts, you're going to need Allen, Singletary, and Moss all being able to run the ball so hopefully the run game is going to be strong, especially this upcoming week. Um, they're definitely to need. I don't think they can air it out nearly as much against the Cardinals, but overall, just a great team win for the Bills, and they have a great chance to go up to Arizona, get another good victory over a really good team, an upcoming team with Kyler Murray. Um, you know, they shouldn't have Kenny and Drake. Uh, still looking forward to another Tredavious White-DeAndre Hopkins matchup. Um, a little bit of a, Flashback to the playoffs last year, Trey, Trey White was able to shut him down for about three and a half quarters before DeAndre Hopkins finally took over. And uh, Bills have a really good chance going to the bye week at 8-2. and two. Uh, Continuing on the football trend, UB football looks like a powerhouse in the MAC after their first win. Um, a lot of the national media was super impressed with how UB played in their first win. They dominated Northern Illinois to a 49-30 victory. Jarrett Patterson, one of the best running backs in the country, not just in the MAC, had 20 carries for 137 yards, two touchdowns, averaging 6.8 yards per carry and broke the previous touchdown record um, for running backs, surpassing I believe it was James Starks. Antonio Nunn, their big wide receiver, six catches for 102 yards and touchdown, also went right over the top guy and mossed him for his touchdown. Uh, Kyle Van Trees, Decent job. You know, I wouldn't say he had an incredible game. Didn't have a bad game. Kind of just managed it. It was kind of how the game played out. Only 175 yards, one touchdown, one interception, 11 of 17. He'll definitely be asked to do more, I think, this week against a more tough Miami of Ohio team. The defense looked incredible. They were down uh, one of their best defensive linemen and a few cornerbacks, but they got three defensive touchdowns, two fumble recoveries that they took back to the house, and a one pick six. UB hosts Miami of Ohio tomorrow night on ESPN at 8 p.m. They're both 1-0. Justin Hill and Antoine Davis for Miami of Ohio are both coming off 100-yard receiving games. So I definitely think it's going to be a little bit closer. I think UB should definitely still be favored to win. Um, They are favored to win the MAC Conference. I just think with the defensive ability that UB has, uh, you know, coupled with the running back Jarrett Patterson, his running mate, behind him and then you know antonio nunn being one of the best receivers in the mac as long as van trees can you know be a solid game manager and make a few plays um down the stretch of games when they need him to ub's got a great great chance to win the mac conference it's really nice to have ub football back um in action it's really nice just to have mac nation back in action for football um just another thing to look forward to during the weekdays and it's hopefully going to be a really fun and exciting game tomorrow night and then kind of touching on another thing for Buffalo sports mac basketball different from this mac this is the metro athletic atlantic athletic conference which is canisius and niagara they announced a few days ago they're going to be doing a 20 game schedule double round robin um, conference schedule with five home series Five away series they're going to be doing games every friday and saturday playing schedule at the same venue for both games um both the men and women's conference for the mac are going to be doing that because of covid they want to limit as many traveling things as possible they're also going to be using the same officials for um all the games just so that they can limit the amount of people like i said they're bringing in people that are traveling with the team can only be team doctors team personnel things of that nature like i said the mac is trying to do their best to limit any potential covid cases spreading they've already had to shut down some practices i believe canisius monmouth and Ryder, as well as c and i believe had already gotten shut down once for potential covid i believe they all are starting to practice again hopefully this week but definitely something to keep an eye on um, there for basketball and then moving on to our final topic for today with the buffalo sabers you know, there's really not too much going on. I'll be hopefully getting some more live session guests on my Instagram in the upcoming weeks, and hopefully we'll get some more Sabres news and I can do some more, more fun old-time Sabres topics. But I kind of wanted to take a look today at the Sabres' projected starting lineup um, for opening night, whenever that may be. We still don't have an official start date yet for the NHL. I'm sure they'll be getting that figured out very shortly as the NBA was able to get their stuff done very quickly as well. Um, right after the NBA Finals. Um, so this is just based on who the Sabres currently have signed. So guys like Lawrence Pilot aren't going to be on here. Um, guys like Will Borgen, who we don't know if they're going to be in Rochester or not, are going to be up here. Uh, so just going through, I'm going to go through the top four lines for offense, go through deep pairings. I would like to see the two goaltenders are pretty obvious, but then going through the power play one and power play two, and just my opinion and why I had the lines like this line one to me is very simple you were going to have taylor hall on the left wing jack eichel at center um right wing to me was your biggest question mark whether it was going to be victor olefsson or sam Reinhart. both of which the sabers were able to re-sign Reinhart on a one-year deal Olopson on a two-year deal to me victor Olopson makes the most sense um on eichel's right wing because as good as reinhardt eichel's chemistry is I think not only does Reinhardt want to show he can play not on Eichel's line so he can earn himself a better paycheck, but it's something the Sabres should want to see, and I've been lobbying them for due for the past two years to see um, Reinhardt's true value of what you can pay him because you're going to have to pay him next year once the market resets. Um, hopefully, and all this COVID stuff really is settled down or goes away, and it's kind of a, another prove-it deal for Reinhardt I just think Olofsson next to Hall and Eichels going to be great because there's not going to be a lot of pressure on Olofsson. He's going to get to play his game. He's naturally on the left wing last year. However, he mentioned during his press conference of re-signing, he's very much comfortable playing the right wing. He played right wing when he was over in Europe. He's got a cannon of a shot. I think he just fits really well with those two. If Reinhardt was on that line, I, would, I definitely wouldn't say that Uh, They would take a step back by any sense, but I just think there's just so much more power with Reinhardt moving to the second line. Because you saw what happened to Jeff Skinner last year, so we're going to move to the second line now. I have Eric Stahl centering Reinhardt on the right, Jeff Skinner on the left. Jeff Skinner really struggled to get back to his form of 40 goals when he played with Eichel and Reinhardt because he was playing with Saboka, Larson. Johansson, just a bunch of different guys through the whole year. He also dealt with some injury issues. So it's just very hard for Jeff to get going. I think putting Reinhardt on the second line where him and Skinner showed some chemistry in the few games Eichel missed a few years ago um, is going to be great for him. Reinhardt's very good at getting pucks to the net. He's good around the net. Skinner's very crafty. Can bury the dirty goals. Jeff Skinner also is very familiar with Eric Stahl because they played together in Carolina. Stahl obviously a lot older and further in his career now, but there's still going to be a little bit of chemistry there. Um, Taylor Hall and Jeff Skinner are also good friends. Obviously, Jack and Jeff play very well together. Um, So, you know, Skinner on the second line, I think makes the most sense with Reinhardt and Stahl. The third and fourth lines, I think, are the most interesting, especially because you don't know if Dylan Cousins is going to be playing center or right wing. I do think he is going to be a lock to make this team. Um, My third line that I have is Cody Eakin centering the third line with Dylan Cousins on the right wing and Tage Thompson on the left. Based on the deal they gave Tage Thompson, I have to think he's going to be on this roster. They want to see things out of him. They don't want to bury him on the fourth line. They want to give him some solid third line minutes, probably playing between 13 to 17 minutes a game, using his big body and the cannon of a shot he has to really get some more points for the Sabres um, for depth scoring purposes. I found it really interesting. Um, during the second Sabres embedded how they wanted to go get Cody Eakin right away in free agency so to me it shows they have a clear vision of what they want to do with their third and fourth lines and I think Dylan Cousins putting him on the right wing allowing him to learn from Eichel Stahl and Eakin all guys who have been successful so far in their careers Stahl and Eakin both have playoff and Stanley Cup experience Um, It's going to be very good for Cousins. Let him get his feet wet on the right wing while also being able to contribute at a decently high level, in my opinion. And then the fourth line, obviously you lose Johan Larson, but you pretty much plug in Curtis Lazar. Keep Oposo on the right wing, Gergensen on the left. You pretty much recreate the log line in a different sense. I think it's a great line to have, kind of a grinded out defensive line. But a guy like Oposo, if he can stay healthy, is capable of putting up 30 points. Gergensen's last year showed he can put up some points. He scored a career high in goals. Lazar's a very good faceoff guy. He's going to be out there for penalty killing a lot. Um, He's a very valuable piece to the bottom six for the Sabres this year. Moving to the defensive core, I really want to see Rasmus Dali and Henry Okiaru play together um, on the top line. Those two guys are going to be who you're centering your franchise around on the defensive blue line. Okiaru took massive steps last year in development. Rasmus Dalin obviously had some injury issues. He had a concussion that he had to come back from down the stretch of the year. Last year, he was playing some really great hockey. He's only going to continue to ascend um, and be one of the top defensemen in the NHL. He put on a lot of muscle this offseason. So I'd love to see those two together. Um, second pair was kind of tough for me because I've always talked about limiting Rasmus wrist minutes because I think when he's in a second and third pair role is when he's best served. The less minutes he plays, um, I think, the better. It's just one of those that I had to put him on the second line, and I have him with Colin Miller. I thought Colin Miller was severely underused last year. And, you know, I just think those two would work well together. Um, Colin Miller's very solid. Uh, Ristelainen is a little bit more of an offensive-minded defenseman, but he has his moments where he's solid defensively. I just wouldn't want Montour or McCabe playing with Miller and playing those second-line minutes, personally. I'm still not a huge fan of Montour or McKay, but I'd rather have neither of them on the roster. But right now, as the lineup sits, that's who we would have. Um, I know they brought in Tomas Reeder um, and some other guys, Davidson, uh, Matt Irwin's another guy defensively, Reeder's a forward. But just talking about some of the extras. I did leave Casey Middlestat off. I think he'd be better served going to Rochester and continuing to show he can score. Um, and be dominant there while also putting on more muscle or they could try to move him with a guy like Montour or to line in, um to get a better player we'll see Allmark and Hutton right now are the two goalies we have um, Allmark definitely is going to be the starter they're going to see if he's going to be the guy going forward Hutton I don't anticipate being on the roster um, when the season starts but we will have to see with that and then quickly going into power plays. So, power play one, I have Sam Reinhart, Jack Eichel, Victor Olipson Taylor Hall, and Erasmus Dalin. I would like to have Rhino in front of the net with Olipson and Eichel on the sides to kind of tee off with their nice one timers. I have Hall and Dahlen at the top kind of generating the power play. Um, Hall is another guy that's going to be able to carry the puck in over the blue line, which is a nice thing to have. Second power play, I have Stahl with Skinner, Cousins, Okiaru, and Miller. So unlike the first power play, I'm having two defensemen here. Um, Rasmus versus the line, and it was a guy that Kruger liked to put in front of the net a little bit on that second power play last year or just out at the point. Um, I, like I said, I want to limit his minutes as much as possible, so I don't even have him on the second power play. I think Kyle Miller has a great slap shot from the point. That's why I want him on there. Henry Okiaro needs to get his minutes increased. He has to be playing the second line power play. Stall and Skinner were no brainers for this. The third spot was kind of up in the air, whether you want to throw a guy like Eakin or Tage Thompson, even a Poso out there. But I think getting Dylan Cousins on a power play is going to only be beneficial for him. Get him some easy points. Um, Get him a little bit more comfortable playing where they're up a man. Um, I just think it's a great situation for him. But those are just basically the reasons why I'd have those lines the way they are. Obviously, we'll see how this offseason progresses, when the season will start, whether or not we're going to move on from some other guys like Hutton, whether we will trade a guy like Montour or Um, is yet to be seen. Kevin Adams, I feel like he has still a few more moves to make, whether or not middle stack can show enough that he can crack the lineup or at least stay up here. R2 Ristelainen, Rasmus Asplund having great years overseas right now. Will Borgen, a name I mentioned before, can he sneak in um, and be a defenseman as that 6th, 7th guy? I don't really know, but we will see in the future. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Please go give me a follow on Instagram at English Podcast. Like I said, hoping to get some more guests in the upcoming weeks with all the seasons kind of just starting to end and there's a lot of seasons going on now. Um, it's been a little bit hard to get some guests, but I am reaching out to different people, hopefully getting some new people on these next few weeks. I will be back again on Friday with my co-host Zach Hamill doing another NBA podcast episode. So stay tuned for that. Uh, it could be actually post on Saturday. We'll probably be recording it on Friday like we have the past few weeks. But that's going to do it for today's episode, everyone. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Once again, stay safe, stay healthy. This has been English Encore Podcast. Buffalo's favorite sports channel.